Welcome in. These are the MMA Minutes. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. And alongside me, as always, is Danny Gutierrez. What's going on, Sean? How are you? I'm fine. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. <laughs> to be completely honest with you. I am, I am ridiculously tired, and I'm just trying to get to next Saturday for UFC 209 to watch my boy Habib fight. March 4th. March yes. 4th. And then the main event is Tyron Woodley versus Stephen Wonemoy Thompson, the rematch it was a fantastic, that we've all been waiting for. It was a fantastic. And this is just the start of the year, too. It was a fantastic fight the first time they came around, and it's just going to be getting better because we got uh, Jessica Andrade, one of my favorite female fighters, taking on Joanna John Jacek uh, on, at UFC 211. We got Stipe versus JDS on, on UFC 211. Uh, DC versus Rumble, uh, UFC Another two, rematch. Uh, 210. We even got GSP announcing retur- his return. We'll be talking about that. We even got Connor later on in the year. We got Cody versus TJ. We got Dominic Cruz coming back off his loss. We got it all here in MMA. We got a lot. Uh, but first off, we got to jump in and talk about GSP. What we're going to be talking about this this week is Cyborg GSP. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about Bellator 173 and World Series of Fighting 35. Or WSOF 35. Or WSOF 35. And then we're even going to round up with playing some fantasy matchmaker. Uh, some title uh, some title holders in the UFC haven't had matches yet. I'm going to throw out names, and Danny's going to say who they're going to be fighting next. But let's jump into the GSP talk. GSP is back with the UFC officially announcing that he has re-signed. It has been really, it, the, the talks are pushed along uh, from what I'm hearing by Freddie Roach, the former boxing promoter. Uh, so with GSP now signing back in, I don't want to talk about who he's going to fight or what, what he's going to fight next. What do you expect from GSP in his first fight in, in the UFC? No matter who's it from, what do you expect from just GSP? I expect to see a cleaner GSP. Um, healthier GSP, a stronger mindset of GSP, and a very disciplined GSP. GSP said that this now GSP would beat the GSP of old, and the GSP of old was nearly flawless. He could dictate where the fight uh, took place. He dictated the pace of the fight. He was a very good stand-up fighter, and he's an outstanding wrestler. And the thing about his wrestling is that he didn't have a wrestling background. He developed his wrestling for mixed martial arts, so he was a perfectionist. So I, I, I expect to see I don't know what I expect to see out of GSP because he was always so great going up and he was always adapting. He was always learning. That's what made him a great martial artist is that he was willing to take in information no matter what. Training with guys like Frasa Hobby and uh, Greg Jackson and taking in information from guys like Freddie Roach, like you just said, who has actually talked about being in his corner mm-hmm. for his next fight. I don't mm-hmm. know if you read about that. Yeah, yes. But uh, I, I don't know. I expect to see a very different fighter. I expect to see a healthy fighter out of GSP, not just GSP. I, ex- I expect to see a good fighter out of GSP. Well, and the last thing, obviously, you know, he's been he's on a f- eleven fight win streak, uh, seven straight decision wins. Last fight was against Johnny Hendricks, November sixteenth, twenty thirteen. Obviously, a very highly uh, controversial controversial uh, fight as it was a split decision. Most people thought Johnny Hendricks won that fight. So, I mean, obviously, he's he's his last fight was kind of up in the air. Eleven straight victories. He's retired as champion. Do you think it's the right call for GSP to be coming back? I think GSP should have been back two and a half years ago, to be honest with you. But I think he needed the four years to kind of take time and heal his body and decide what he wanted to do with his, what else he wanted to do with his life outside of fighting. But, I mean, you, you hear it from guys like BJ Penn all the time. I have to fight. I'm coming back to fight. So GSP is no different. He's coming back to fight because he feels that he has to fight. Um, but look at, I mean, look at what happened to GSP and look at what happened to people like Ronda Rousey. So we're going to see where GSP's head is at when in his first fight. And I'm actually excited to see who he fights first. And that's what we're going to get into. You obviously said he's coming back to fight. He, he wants to come back to fight. And really now the question is, who is he going to fight? There's names being thrown out there. Uh, Michael Bisping constantly calling him out. He was the long 
one-time welterweight champion. Uh, there's a lot of talks that he might just get the winner of Woodley versus uh, Wonderboy. You even have uh, talks of him dropping down to lightweight. Dana wa- saying he wants to drop down to lightweight. Which is obviously, crazy. Obviously. Because GSP is huge. And obviously, How is he going to make 155? And obviously we know <laughs> what that means, too, because of the champion at lightweight and Conor McGregor. So obviously wanting to put up a former huge star, one of their biggest stars uh, of the past against the current largest star in MMA. So if you had to put all your money on the line and you had to say, GSP will fight this guy next, who will it be? I would pick either Nate Diaz or Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor simply because he's the big fight and he's the big talker and you're going to make millions when you fight Conor McGregor. But you're going to make millions when you fight GSP no matter what. Nick Diaz, the reason I picked Nick Diaz was, or did I say Nate or Nick? You said Nate. Okay, I meant Nick, excuse okay. me, the older brother. I would argue that he should fight Nick Diaz first because that's. I feel like that's the money fight. I feel like that would there would be a lot of hype behind that fight. Um, Nate, Nate, excuse me, Nick Diaz was actually just cleared by USADA to fight again. So I know he's going to be looking for a fight, mm. and I know he wants a rematch with GSP really, really bad. And GSP would very much want a rematch with Nick badly. So I think I think I think that's a perfect fight because both guys are coming off of a very long layoff. Number one, they've had time to heal their bodies and learn that they're just big draws. It would be a crazy fight between those two. And one thing too, we haven't heard a lot recently of anything going with Diaz. I mean, not a lot of movement for Nick Diaz in in fighting because obviously he was suspended by uh, the Levada State Commission for uh, for for testing uh, positive. Testing positive for marijuana after the Silva fight back in 2015 so there's a lot going there um, if I had to put my money on I, I would probably go with Connor just because he is the biggest name and it doesn't really matter about what it's for or, or, or why why it's happening it's just two names going up against each other and this whole WME ING era of the UFC has been focused on making money and, and if they're bringing in a name like bringing GSP in big fights they want to they want to make sure they're going to capitalize on bringing in GSP they don't want to make this go away and have him fight a guy like uh, you know, Damian Maya, then people not be attracted because Damian Maya is not a super exciting fighter for casual fans. Um, obviously, for for people who appreciate for be, hardcore, yeah, for he's people, a master, yeah, people who appreciate uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, he's he's one of the best. But the thing is, you know, he's not that exciting of a fighter when you know standing up and GSP, a guy that's known as a wrestler. It's it's going to be not a lot of people like technical fights. So right. I think you're going to look for Connor because he'll be able to talk it up. GSP's a great talker himself. So obviously, you know, remembering uh, the the Koscheck build up the. The, the GSP sort of is fight. very good. It's funny that you bring up Koscheck. GSP is very good at staying cool mm-hmm. until you get into that octagon and he just lets it all out. Well, and, and the best thing was leading up to that Koscheck fight. Uh, GSP's like, uh, I, I'm sick of hearing about. Uh, I, I can't can't do a GSP impression. <laughs> French Canadian uh, yeah, accent. I'm sick about hearing uh, about Koscheck. I'm gonna end Koscheck. We're never gonna talk about Koscheck. And after that loss, Koscheck hasn't been the same. So uh, GSP uh, kind of like Mystic Mac uh, predicting the future here. But uh, you know, I, I I'm interesting to see what, what happens with GSP. I would like to see him go back to welterweight and, and kind of get back his crown, because I think that'd be a great story, but ultimately I think they're going to try to milk as much money they can off of GSP, and I think that's really going to I'm gonna sure GSP's going to try and milk as much money out of that contract as he can, too. Yeah, I mean, that's I'm one actually, thing. I'm actually curious to see, because the Reebok deal, the Reebok mm-hmm. sponsorship deal is, 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 yeah. what, is what made GSP kind of hinder his 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 comeback his return mm-hmm. his talks with resigning with the UFC so it's going to be interesting to see what what he'll be coming out to 
what he'll be wearing if he does fight. You know what I mean? But he'll most likely be wearing Reebok. I think I think that was the uh, terms that he, he has to be wearing Reebok just because okay. he's now a UFC fighter again. Would he still uh, would he still be coming out with his gi just with Reebok on it? Because he that iconic gi when he'd come out and bow and he would come out in we'll the gi and yeah, it, it was the it headband. Was, yeah, how Ge- could how could you how could you deny GSP that George Rush St. Pierre? He's such a, he's such a sportsman, such such a martial artist. He's he's he's. A showman, mm. and he's a fantastic fighter. And it's it's great personality, it's, gentleman. It's exciting to see him back. Hopefully, he gets a fight where he can get his foot in the in the drawer back again. Get ready, because I, I think throwing him into the, into title fights might be a little bit risky, just because you know ring rust is a thing, and and I, I know. You know, Dominic, Dominic Cruz, Cruz says it's not argues a thing, that it's not a thing, <laughs> and maybe it doesn't affect great fighters like GSP. But you know, seeing what you know how it affects most fighters, I think that he might need something where you don't get thrown right into the fire right away. But right. we're excited that GSP's back. No fights have been announced, but we will definitely be talking about it when a fight is announced. Well, let's now move on to the women's featherweight division because uh, Jermaine Durandamy wins the fight and says she needs to get surgery on her hand. Holly Holmes uh, uh, kind of appealing the loss to Durandamy because of the, the punches after the bell. And now Cyborg has been cleared by USADA, had a provisional uh, suspension. Now it's been rescinded. So Cyborg's cleared to fight now. So with this happening... What do you think will happen with women's featherweight? Do you think they'll end up doing a Durandame versus home uh, rematch, or do you think they'll go with any whoever's ready to fight Cyborg next? It really depends on the situation. It really does. Because if if you have Jermaine Durandame defend the title against Holly Holm in a rematch, it's kind of a logjam to the division, a division that's fresh. And it's, it's kind of unfair to fighters like Chris Cyborg, who've been waiting for this opportunity, um, to, to to establish this weight class and establish themselves in this weight class, so I think it's kind of unfair. I, I, I if it were me, if I were the leader of the UFC, which I'm not, but if we're just playing matchmaker mm-hmm. here, so I would want to see Jermaine fight Chris Cyborg and then maybe have Holly Holm come back and fight the winner of that fight because both the, the, the fight was close between uh, Durandame and Holm, mm-hmm. and I understand about the illegal shots after the bell, but I, I, we should move on. We should move on. There's, we should move on. We should continue. We should move on. Look at, look, at, um, look at Conor McGregor and Nate, Nate Diaz. Conor McGregor had the featherweight title, and it was kind of questionable whether he'd keep it or he'd vacate it, and he talked about moving up, but he had to get through those two fights and it put a logjam in two divisions because mm-hmm. in one division he said he was going to fight, and the other the other division, excuse me, he he was the champion of. So I I think it's kind of the same thing here. So I, I would very much like to see Chris Cyborg fight for that belt. So let's say this, uh, you know, obviously looking at Cyborg's history, seventeen straight wins. She's just been mowing through everybody that's put in front of her. She's just a complete cyborg. I mean, she she's unstoppable. Say that she goes up against Durandame and just mows her down. And then she fights home and just mows her down. What's next? Because there's not a lot of fighters at 145. No, they're not. They currently have three fighters who have fought at 145. You have Cyborg, Home, and Durandame. There's no other fighters that we can see really making that jump up to 145, and especially to fight Cyborg. So if they do lose, you know, Home and Durandame, what is next for this featherweight division? Do you think it's pretty much done? I mean, what will happen with Cyborg if she goes through Durandame and Home? Well, there's other girls out there like Marlos Conan and Bellator and other girls out there like Megan Anderson and Victa. But even Megan Anderson even said that she's not even ready to fight Cyborg herself. 
that's that's true. You got to get them into the UFC. You got to they got to get some seasoning. They have to fight. The, the, the best girls at 145 pounds right now are not in the UFC. That's the problem. They're, now that the UFC has established 145 pound division, now they can start. They could now they can generate all this. Uh, they could generate more more fighters. They could have more fighters come in and sign more fighters and have more exciting fights and have and, give more opportunities for women all over the world. And most of them are all in Invicta, which you know causes a problem because Cyborg is the champion in Invicta right now. She's she's currently the champion. Megan Anderson's the interim, a, interim champ. champion. So you know you look at that and just say, well, if Cyborg's just staunching opponents there and and the UFC seen as the step up. Are they pretty much just going to absorb all of Invicta's featherweight fighters? I just look at this, and I think it's completely rushed what they've done with the featherweight division. And I'm super excited that Cyborg gets to fight at 145, but it just seems like there's nothing there, especially now with Ronda being completely out, and that was the biggest fight you could have made. Uh, and, and with Ronda's you know, past two fights, I, I don't think that she's coming back. So uh, I don't know. I, I think I think the UFC was, saw an opportunity to make money. I think this one kind of flopped. But again, way too early to, to actually call it a flop, but just looking at it right now, I, I think it's kind of a flop, but I'm glad that Cyborg's back because Me she's, too. she's an incredible fighter to watch. She's awesome. She's let's a now, monster. Let's now move on, though, because this uh, today, actually, this today, uh, February 24th, Bellator 130, uh, 173 is going on, and tomorrow, on Saturday, WSOF 35 is going on. And what I want to ask you is, in Bellator 137, what is the one fight people should be watching for, and, and what is is really the, the matchup to be watching for? I really do like the main event in Liam McGeary versus Brett McDermott. I like the comeback fight in Liam McGeary because of the fact that it's his first fight after coming off of a loss. His undefeated streak is over. Mm-hmm. He lost to Phil Davis in a, in a hard-fought uh, five-round war. He wants his belt back, and what better? And he he's had three different opponents before this fight. Brett McDermott is, is, is the third opponent for this fight but he's from England and he doesn't have visa issues and he wasn't injured and he was ready to go. And when you look at Brett McDermott, he is it, he looks like nothing but muscle. It looks like there's not an ounce of fat on this gentleman. He looks like a, a monstrous Viking from a movie. Brett McDermott's got some pretty heavy hands too and he's got some good wrestling and the English the English aren't known for their wrestling, but he's got some pretty good he's got some pretty good uh wrestling for an Englishman. And like I said, he's got some pretty good hands too. Um he's fought at Risen before. He's fought guys like King Mo, so the experience is there. Uh, Liam McGeary's got a real good, uh, tough test in front of him against someone like Brett McDermott. But I really do like the the main event in this one. Liam McGeary versus Brett McDermott. Now moving on to WSOF 35 taking place on February 25th. You got three title fights in this one. Which one's the main one you're looking out for? Well, the three title fights are the 135-pound belt and uh, the former champion Marlos, Mar- Marlos Moraes actually pulled, uh, he vacated the 135-pound mm-hmm. belt to sign with the UFC, which he's in negotiation, negotiations with right now, excuse me. So if he doesn't end up in the UFC, he could end up somewhere like Bellator or 1FC or something like that and kind of dominate the bantamweight championship there. So Timur Valiev versus uh, Beck Bulat Magmedov, Magmedov, excuse me. Well, for the 135 pound belt, it's a good fight. Uh, Lance Palmer's fighting an undefeated Andre Harrison, and Lance Palmer trains at Team Alpha Male with crazy guys like Uriah Faber and Cody Garbrandt and Joseph Benavidez and Chad Money Mendez, and it's it. He he comes from a war a war stable of fighters, um, but Andre Andre Harrison's got that. He's got that undefeated streak. He he's uh, he looked outstanding in his uh, WSOF debut, so this is going to be a very interesting fight as well. But the one f- again, it's the main event. The main event is is what's is what's really pulling is pulling me in here. Mm. Blagoy Ivanov is a southpaw. He's fourteen and one. He's the heavyweight champion, and he's he's 
a very good fighter. Mm-hmm. He's got very good timing uh, with his boxing. Uh, he's got pretty good defensive wrestling himself. But Sean Jordan is a former UFC veteran, and he's coming off. He looked amazing in his uh, WSOF debut, and he, he, you you see that uh, hook kick knockout of Derek Lewis. You know, Sean Jordan's been he's he's athletic. He's been a NFL player. He's uh, pretty good. He's very light on his feet, is what I meant to say. He's very fast. He's pretty good. So he's very good at utilizing angles and utilizing different strikes. And he's got pretty good wrestling himself. So. This is a very good test for Blagoy Ivanov because Sean Jordan is not immobile. He's very mobile for a heavyweight. We talk about Matt Mitrione having good footwork and Kane Velasquez having good footwork and Stipe Miocic having good footwork along with Junior, Junior Dos Santos. Mm-hmm. And it all comes from that boxing background or that football background or that wrestling background. So Sean Jordan's a very athletic guy here and so is Blagoy Ivanov. So Blagoy Ivanov's no slouch, so I really do like the main event. Let's move on now to our final topic. We're going to be playing matchmaker. The What we're doing is we're going to go through every single champion in the UFC. We're going to pick the next fight up. So flyweight we're going to be doing. Uh, bantamweight, there's already a title fight. you got Cody versus TJ. They're doing uh, tough. So it's yes, 25. And that's so, going to be a very interesting season of tough because those guys, you remember when Cody Garbrandt was defending TJ Dillashaw? Mm-hmm. Now the tables have turned. Now we're going to see two teammates, who, well, two former teammates in TJ Dillashaw and Cody Garbrandt go at it, and it's going to be exciting. And now we also are going to skip over featherweight because Jose Aldo and Max Holloway are set up for UFC uh, 212. Which is another uh, great fight that I cannot wait for. We'll be talking about the lightweight division. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be talking about the welterweight division. We'll be talking about the middleweight division. We'll be talking about the light heavyweight division. And we'll be skipping over the heavyweight division because Stipe and JDS are going to be fighting at UFC 211. Then also uh, we're skipping over the women's strawweight division as Joanna John Jacek is taking on Jessica Andrade again at UFC 211. And I don't think officially uh, a date has been announced but Amanda Nunez will be taking on Valentina Shevchenko, so we'll be skipping over the uh, women's bantamweight division as well. So let's get into it. First up is the flyweight division. DJ, the longtime flyweight champion, the only flyweight champion in UFC history. Who do you think should be the next contender for that flyweight division? I think you should fight two people, either Juicy Formiga or Wilson Hayes. Wilson Hayes, because he's he, he, he trains with Dominic Cruz, and Dominic mm-hmm. Cruz is one of the people who's beaten Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. Um also, Wilson Hayes was given a title shot against Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. He got injured, pulled out. The rematch was set again. DJ got injured, pulled out. So Wilson Hayes went on to fight, and he hasn't lost since he was offered that title shot. So I think Wilson Hayes, Juicy Formiga, uh, I pick him because of the fact that he's got some. He's very underrated. He's got some pretty good Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Has a win over Hayes. Has a win over Wilson Hayes. And he's got some pretty good striking training at Nuvo Yao in Brazil with under master Andre Pedernares with guys like Jose Aldo and Henan Barral. And, it, it, you know, the list goes on and on. But I, I, I would argue that you could give Juicy Formiga or Wilson Hayes. You got good guys like Dustin Ortiz, Ian McCall, Ray Borg, who just who just came off of a pretty big win himself. Sergio Pettis has been looking nice. Brandon Moreno. Yes, mm-hmm. Sergio Pettis has been looking real crisp in his striking. So there's a lot, there's a lot of opportunity for Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. People argue that he's cleared out the division. There's a whole new top 10 right now. Yeah, well, the thing is, you know, you look at it and, and the two top guys he's already beaten. And even seven, you got... He, he's Very decisively, McCall. too. Yeah. Very decisively, There's, too. 
I, I know what you're saying. But there's but a few names here that, that he hasn't fought yet true. Who, who are willing to rise to the occasion. He would make very good fights for DJ. It'd be interesting if DJ ever moves up to Bantamweight, though. I think he wants to set the record for most uh, title title defenses and then move on. And he can do it. Yeah. He's extremely talented. Mm-hmm. He could do. DJ is one of the best pound for pound fighters ever. He could do whatever he wants. Without a doubt, currently the number one pound for pound fighter in the UFC. Let's move on now to the lightweight division. Connor obviously saying he's taking a break. Uh, Habib, I was going to say Khabib. Habib, Nurmagomedov, and uh, Tony Ferguson taking on each other at UFC 209 for the interim lightweight uh, championship. So yes. first off, what I want to ask yes. you is, will Habib or Tony, whoever wins that fight in UFC 209, defend their interim belt before Connor defends his his own belt? That's a very good question. It all depends on what happens with Connor McGregor, because mm. right now Connor McGregor's talking about boxing Floyd Mayweather, and Floyd Mayweather pulled out of those conversation talks, or those the, those negotiate those negotiative talks, excuse me. Um, Connor McGregor's talking about fighting GSP. We just talked about that fight might be taking mm-hmm. place, because both coaches and both camps have talked about it, and that would generate so much money. However, from a divisional standpoint, I would very much like to see Conor McGregor fight one of the, the winner of these guys to unify that title. More belts for Conor. Mm-hmm. Why not? More belts equals more money for Conor. Why not? So you more- think that Conor will defend it first against one of these guys? Yes. Okay. So, I think I think I would very much like to see him unify the title against the winner of this fight. Okay, so say we have obviously the Habib versus Tony fight coming up next week. Yes, it uh, is. And then, we'll have our previews for that as well. And then what you're saying is is Conor will take on the winner of that. Who should be next in line? Should it be Edson Barboza? Should it be uh, Nate Diaz? Should it be Michael Johnson? Who who should be the next up? Because looking after you know Habib and Tony, there's not a lot out there. Because Dos Anjos saying he's going up to welterweight. Eddie Alvarez already just lost to Connor. Edson Barboza is probably the only one. Nate Diaz uh, obviously is in the mix there, but hasn't fought and wants to get paid twenty million dollars. Well, let's go down the list for lightweight. Let's do this for lightweight, just for lightweight. Let's okay. go down the list. Number ten, Dustin Poirier. He's coming off of a win loss. Thing here, he just got knocked. Well, he got knocked out by Michael Johnson, but he just fought uh, Jim, Jim Miller, Miller yeah. and that was a great fight. That was a tough fight for both guys. Benil Dariush is a very good Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, southpaw fighter, mm-hmm. and he's got he's cleaned up his striking a little bit. He's only got uh, he's got a loss against Michael Chiesa, who's ranked right above him, who hasn't fought in a very long time due to back injuries. Then you got Michael Johnson, who just lost to your boy Khabib, got destroyed yeah. by Khabib, but he rocked Khabib with a good who's a good southpaw, who's good another good southpaw, who's a good striker himself with an overhand left, so that he's, he's he can crack. Yeah, he'll be murdered on that. <laughs> true. Murdered Michael, Michael Johnson's no slouch, though. And then you got Nate Diaz, who's been fighting at 170. Wants $20 million. He, yeah, <laughs> wants to come down to 155, wants to come back to his respected weight class in 155. Well, I think he is a 120, 155. I mean, he's oh, been fighting that for most of his career. He just had the one fight with, with Connor that was up there and a couple other fights. He's talked about, he's kind but of, recently he's, he's kind of, recent, yeah. He's, he's fought at 170 before against yeah. guys like uh, Rory McDonald, Don mm-hmm. Young King. Him and Marcus Davis. Um, then you go to number five, Edson Barboza. Edson Barboza's on a tear right now. Why not give him a title shot? Maybe one more fight, and then he's right in line there for a title shot. Number four, Rafael Dos Anjos, the former UFC lightweight champion, has talked about going up in welterweight. Said he is moving yeah, up. Yeah, says he yeah. is moving up in welterweight because he wants to fight at his best. He wants to fight mm-hmm. at his peak performance. He wants to fight with energy. That's fine. That's great. So Might be too small. Just Maybe saying, we'll just see. Saying. Well, short, stocky. We'll see. Yeah. Eddie Alvarez wants to fight Nate Diaz. They've talked about fighting each other already, so why not? That that could very well be a number one contendership fight. Uh, Tony Ferguson and Khabib are already fighting each other for the interim lightweight championship. So the the, the division itself is kind of stagnated, but it's not 
at the fault of the champion or the interim or the interim uh, challengers. So would you say the if they do make the Diaz versus Alvarez fight, that should be the winner who takes on the winner of Habib versus Connor or, or Habib and Tony versus Connor? I would have to agree. Right. Either that, or you give someone like Benil Dariush a big fight, or someone like Edson Barboza. Why not have Edson Barboza mm-hmm. fight Benil Dariush? Obviously, now in the welterweight division, we got Tyrone Woodley versus Stephen Thompson. And what I want to say is, whoever the winner is on after UFC 209, whether it's Woodley, whether it's Thompson, who should be the next fighter that they they fight? I have a, I have my own opinion, but who's who would you say is the next one? Damian Maya. Damian Maya. There's yeah. no question about it. Damian Maya. Would you put GSP over Damian Maya? If if GSP says mm, he wants to go back to the welterweight, that's a question. That's a tough. That's a tough scenario too, because Damian Maya has been waiting for so long. He's yep. come. He's he's coming off of a really big win to Carlos Condit. Nobody nobody Oops. thought nobody thought that Carlos Condit would handle like that on the ground because he's so versatile. And he's Maya gotta, won't sell a lot of pay per views, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I I, I uh, man, from a business perspective, yes, I would I would assume and imagine that. Dana White and the not so Fertitta brothers anymore. W M E W M E I N G W M E I N G. Thank you. Would um they they would generate the money fight. They would generate GSP versus the champion, the winner of uh, Woodley versus uh, Thompson. But you got guys like Robbie Lawler who hasn't fought and mm-hmm. is looking for a fight to come back. Um, he just left American Top Team. Neil Magny. Um, Jorge Masvidal just knocked out Donald Cowboy Cerrone, and Donald Cowboy Cerrone is another top ten welterweight. Um, this is this is going to be a very interesting uh, division. Gunnar yeah. Nelson, who trains with Conor, uh, Conor McGregor, who's a monstrous Brazilian mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu black belt himself. Tarek Safadine's got to kind of got to get something rolling here. But, yeah, I mean, I kind of like the welterweight division. Most I w- likely, I think I think it's going to either be Damian Maya or, or GSP, and I, I think I think that's pretty much going to be the fight that I'd does push happen. for Damian Maya just because. So would I. Hopefully, he goes down. Uh, hopefully, GSP goes down and fights Conor McGregor because Damian Maya deserves a title shot after what he's been doing. Yeah. Let's now move on to the middleweight division because Michael Bisping's trying to duck everyone and just wants to fight old man GSP. <laughs> uh, you got Bisping obviously is your champion. You got Yoel Romero. Should that be the next fight that happens, or should Jacare be thrown in the mix? I. I thought that Yoan Rowe would get the title shot already, officially. Mm-hmm. So I think, I would assume that y'all remember should get the, the, the fight against uh, against Michael Bisping. I think he's done more than enough to uh, to solidify his stance as the number one contender. Luke Rockhold uh, is kind of unsure when he's coming back. Ronaldo Jacare Souza wants to, he's just coming off of a, a fight against Tim Bosch, says he doesn't care whether if it's for the belt or a number one contendership fight that he's ready to fight. And that's the guy that I want to talk about is, is Jacare, because I think I agree with you, it's either Yola Romero or Jacare, but the thing that obviously people are going to say, well, Jacare lost to Yola Romero, but also Yola Romero popped, and it was a split decision. I thought Jacare won that fight, so obviously it's I up did in too. the air. It's it's up in the air though, and I, I think too. I think Bisping should just shut up and fight Yoel Romero because I'm getting sick of Bisping already as a, as the middleweight champion. And look at look uh, at look at Calvin Gastelum and Robert mm-hmm. Whitaker. Yeah, there's a lot. In, there's a lot in the middleweight division. Obviously, Gegard as well. Gegard's on a complete roll. Uh, let's move on now to the lightweight heavyweight division. The last uh, champion we're going to be talking about DC versus uh, Anthony Johnson's fighting in Buffalo UFC 210. Obviously, a thin division. Ryan Bader pretty much not on, under a UFC con- uh, contract right now. Who should be the next? Up and coming uh, light heavyweight contender. There's also not a name on this list. Uh, some guy named John Jones. I don't know if you heard of him. Uh, I don't who, know. Have you ever heard of him? You ever heard of John Jones? Arguably one of the great greatest mixed martial artists ever. I, I heard he's okay. Um, <laughs> I heard he. I, I heard he, he, his his tactics. Gets he's to listening hit and to run. this right now, writing your name yeah, <laughs> on a cardboard I, I, on a sheet of cardboard, going Sean Anderson. I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't think you heard me, list. but his, his, his tactic is to hit and run. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, DC versus Anthony Johnson. Uh, should 
John Jones be the, the the guy to fight back next when when he does come back in the summer, or should it be someone else on this list? I think you kind of have to give John Jones the immediate uh, title shot mm-hmm. because of the fact that this light heavyweight division is extremely shallow. It's so shallow. Mm-hmm. It is so shallow. I mean, how shallow is it? It's like it's it's so like shallow. ankle deep. It's like ankle deep. <laughs> it's like heel deep. You know what I mean? You have Alir Latifi, who's struggling a little bit. Volkan Ozdemir just got into the UFC. He just beat OSP, who's ranked higher than him, which is something that I don't understand. UFC ranking something. Corey, Corey Anderson's fighting Jimmy Manoa. Mauricio Shogun Hua, who's one of my favorite light heavyweight uh, light heavyweights of all time. Oh man, Shogun is a former is a shell of himself of what he mm-hmm. used to be in Pride. He's sixth. Yeah, <laughs> he's the sixth overall yeah. fighter in there. Yeah, I mean. Ryan Bader, like you said, he's coming off of uh, UFC negotiations. Is another one of those fighters. He's got two straight wins. Who, but he never made it over yeah. that hump. He never made it over the hump to get him to the title mm-hmm. shot. Um, Glover Teixeira is coming off of. Um, it's not his most impressive it's performance, win. but he just he's coming mm-hmm. off of a win. Uh, and then Alexander Gustafson hasn't fought in a while. He wants to get in there and fight. His back is messed up. But who's who's he gonna fight? Yeah, I think, I think fight. I think who's he gonna fight? Who he hasn't beaten already? I think Glover versus Gus makes sense just because you have those guys so close to each other. But I think I think Gus. That's is, a good matchup. I think that's Gus, a really good matchup. I think Gus is probably the next one uh, up there. But then again, Gus has fought Johnson, or he's fought he's fought DC and lost. He's fought John Jones and lost uh, twice. Or no, he doesn't. He's lost twice. Volkan Ozdemir has some potential. He looked good against OSP. Everyone, everyone, everyone talked about how those guys were tired and they had their hands down. But that was a hard fight. If only Francis and who can make light heavyweight. It'd yes. Be fun. It'd yes, be fun. he would. He's a big guy. I think cut his hair maybe, and 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 maybe he's he, he's <laughs> maybe. awesome. But uh, Danny, we're gonna have to wrap this up. Uh, thank you so much for talking. We talked GSP, Chris Cyborg. Uh, we played Matchmaker. We talked Bellator 173. We talked WSOF 35. It was absolutely fun. And D- Danny, guess what? Next week we're talking about my boy Habib. <laughs> He's back. So we'll be covering UFC 209 next week. Do not miss that. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for listening. Danny, thank you for joining me. As always, thank you so much. And we'll see you guys next week.